Today's scripture is from the Old Testament, Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. It can be found in your Pew Bible on page 185 of the Old Testament. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, My servant Moses is dead. Now proceed to cross the Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the Israelites. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and the Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea in the west, shall be your territory. No one shall be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall put this people in possession of the land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to act in accordance with all the law that my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, so that you may be successful wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to act in accordance with all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall be successful. I hereby command you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Penny. I can close my eyes and picture exactly where I was on July the 7th, 2002 at 8.45 a.m. I was standing in the narthex of the church at my first appointment, right next to the glass windows, much like we have here in the sanctuary, the windows that looked into that sanctuary, and I could see the heads of several hundred people who were sitting so well in their pews, their wooden pews, they were listening to the prelude from the organ. My senior pastor was standing in the doorway of the sanctuary trying to get the attention of the liturgist up front so that he could give the signal that it was time to start. The fourth grade acolyte was nearby fidgeting with his candle lighter, waiting for the usher to come over and light the wick. I stood a few paces away from them, wearing a white alb that I had borrowed, wearing a red stole that I had borrowed, wearing a red cincher that I had only learned how to tie the week before. And I knew as soon as the call to worship was over, the congregation was going to stand and sing the opening hymn, and I was going to walk down that center aisle next to the senior pastor, and all the people in the room were going to expect me to do and say pastory things. 
I had graduated seminary about six weeks before, and it was my very first Sunday in full-time ministry. So I stood there at the window, looking into the sanctuary, and all of a sudden I felt my stomach flip. <laughs> and this voice in my head said, what in the world are you doing here? You have no idea how to do this. Luckily, I could only brood on that for about a half minute because then the hymn started and I was walking down the aisle and into my job as a pastor. Now, this doesn't sound very good as a philosophy, but I'm telling you, it's a viable strategy. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> it works even in the church. Here we are 19 years later and it seems to be going okay, the pastor thing. But I wonder if you have ever had a moment like that when you were about to start something new and suddenly you were overwhelmed with doubt and uncertainty. If you have never had a single moment in your life like that, then bless your confidence and the rest of this sermon is not for you, okay? I, I do think it's really a pretty universal human experience that at some point in our lives, we have to do something we've never done before and it feels anywhere from daunting to impossible. Maybe it was some moment you had to walk into a brand new school because your family had just moved or you were headed to a high school that none of your friends were attending. Maybe you had a moment where you started a new job or you got a promotion and you moved offices to sit where your boss used to sit. Maybe you were at a time asked to make a presentation and you realized suddenly that everyone in the conference room was looking at you. Maybe this happened to you in a moment when you changed roles in your family and you asked yourself, how am I supposed to be a spouse for the rest of my life? Or who's going to teach me what to do with this baby? I don't want to break it. Or can I really navigate all these doctors and all these decisions if I'm going to be the caregiver for my aging parent? Or maybe you've had a change that you didn't want to face at all, but you were forced to accept. Am I really prepared to live in a retirement home? Am I still going to feel like me? Or I can't believe that doctor just said the word cancer. Am I tough enough for this treatment? We have so many moments in our lives when we stand on the edge of something new, something unknown, something perhaps scary, something that feels treacherous. And in those moments, we have to decide, am I going to take a step forward into the unfamiliar, or am I going to turn around and try to retreat back into something that feels safer and more predictable and more known? In those moments, what is it that gives us the strength to step forward instead of step back? What helps us face the new thing? Perhaps as people of faith, we can say, first of all, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. At least that's what was at work in this moment that we find in the Bible. And there are many moments like this in the Bible when people stand on the edge of the unknown. And in the Bible, they make a whole variety of decisions, some good and some bad, about what they're going to do in the face of the unknown. But the moment we read about today, in this moment, Joshua hears exactly what he needs to hear so he can step forward, literally, into the river and move to a new place. He hears exactly what he needs to hear to become the leader for his people. 
The moment of new and unknown for Joshua, it came when he was standing at the edge of the Jordan River. He was newly commissioned as the leader of the Israelite people, and to understand what he was doing there at the edge of the river, we have to go back just a few books in the Bible. I'll summarize. You might remember back in Exodus, the Israelites were slaves. They were slaves in Egypt, and God commissioned a man named Moses to confront Pharaoh and say on behalf of God, let my people go. And Pharaoh heard Moses' speech, and he turned him down. He said, no thanks, I'll keep my slaves. So God sent plagues, and that still didn't change Pharaoh's heart. So God parted the Red Sea, and the Israelite people, God's people, they escaped into the Sinai wilderness. Now, once they left Egypt, the Israelites, they began to cross this big desert, and they were headed to a place called Canaan to settle permanently. It was called Canaan, and it was inhabited by, guess who, Canaanites. All right. The Israelites, they picked that place because they believed that the land had been promised to them, to their ancestors, long, long ago, promised by God. They believed that the promise that God gave to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, even though those men were generations removed from them, they felt like that promise was their promise. And once they left Egypt, they were going to go to that land that God had laid out for them. Now, the journey between Egypt and Canaan, it's not really that long. But the people, they disobeyed God pretty severely. There was this thing with the golden calf that was really bad. And so God punished them by making them wander in the wilderness for 40 years. What could have been a journey of just a few months turned into 40 years of walking and camping and eating manna that showed up each morning. And what this meant was this long wandering journey. It meant that every single person who had been enslaved in Egypt died in the wilderness. Only their children and their children's children finally made it to Canaan. After they had wandered for so long, the people knew they had arrived when they reached that east bank of the Jordan River, and they were able to look across to this land of milk and honey that God had promised would be theirs. Now, just as they reached the river, Moses died. He never got to live in the promised land either. And just before he died, he passed authority to this young man named Joshua. So imagine if you are Joshua, you have been traveling your entire life, traveling in search of this land that you believe was promised to your great, 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 many great grandfathers. Your parents, all your aunts and uncles, they have all died on the journey and been buried in the wilderness. And you finally arrive at the river that's separating you from the land uh, and the guy who's been leading you for your whole life, leading the people for decades, he dies, and he names you his successor, and your job is to lead the people across. Now, you can see easily the land across the river, but you can also see there are already people living there, those Canaanites. So your job, you know, is not just about fording the stream. It's about leading the conquest of the land. You're about to move into hostile territory. And the people that you're leading are tired and unsure, and they grumble a lot. Joshua, he had every reason to be full of doubt and full of uncertainty. But he wasn't alone. He had God with him. And he was in the position he was in because God wanted him there. As he was contemplating this huge task before him, he received this word from God, this word from the Holy Spirit. And it said, you heard, Penny read it for us, 
As I was with Moses, so I'm going to be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. I hereby command you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That's the exact message that Joshua needed to hear. Just what he needed to lead with wisdom and bravery and resilience. And he gave the people what they needed to cross the river to enter into their new home. Their new home. Right? That's the thing. The people weren't just promised a piece of land. It wasn't just dirt they were after. They were promised a home. They were promised that they would have a place. These people who had been slaves, who had worked for the profit of another, who had survived just at their master's whim, who had not been able to own anything, they were about to have a home. And not just any home, it was a home of abundance. God wasn't just setting them up in some dusty corner of the ancient Near East. They were going to have a land flowing with milk and honey, a place where they could make a good life, a rich and wonderful life, a place they could raise their children in freedom, where they could worship God and live in blessing. That was the promise. That was the inheritance of the people Joshua was leading this land of milk and honey. Okay, what about us? What about you? If you had to name the things that God had promised, has promised us, if you had to name what it is that God has promised you, what would you name? What would you say is the inheritance that God has laid out before you that is yours to claim? On Friday, I officiated at a funeral for someone who was actually a part of St. Paul's 40 years ago, Sylvia Gustin. A few of you might remember her and her husband, David. She was 88, and during the funeral, one of the songs that we sang was On Eagle's Wings. It's such a gorgeous hymn. It combines the promises of Psalm 91 and Isaiah chapter 40. And the chorus, many of you probably know it, it says, God will raise you up on eagle's wings bear you on the breath of dawn, make you to shine like the sun, and hold you in the palm of God's hand. It's a wonderful song for us to sing anytime, but especially as we reflect on a long and rich life of someone who's faithfully lived and died. It's a promise. It's an inheritance for us to claim. God will raise us up on eagle's wings, we're going to be held forever in the palm of God's hand. That's a way to name our inheritance, that God has promised to be with us. God has promised to provide for us. God has promised to raise us up and help us fly. That's one way we can name it. There's lots of things that God has promised that we have as an inheritance. Wisdom that comes from outside ourselves. Or the ability to forgive like we've been forgiven. Or God has promised that when we're generous, we're going to receive even more in return. Or God has promised that whatever trial we are facing, it will not be the final word in our lives. All of those are incredibly strong promises and important things for us to remember when we're standing on the edge of something new. Whatever has us worried, whatever has us uncertain, it cannot be as big as the inheritance that God has promised us. I think when we're standing there on the edge 
of that unknown, whatever it may be. It's also important for us to name the things that are standing in our way. I love how Pastor Rebecca said to the kids, if you have worries or fears about school, say them out loud to somebody. Say them out loud. It's important to name them for ourselves and to name them uh, to God. You know, one of the things that Joshua did just after our passage for the day, before he took the people into the land, he actually sent spies into the land to scout out what was waiting for the people. And when the spies came back, they didn't have a very great report, and the people started saying out loud all their fears. They told Joshua this isn't going to work and all the reasons why. Now, it turns out Joshua was not persuaded by their fears, thankfully, but I still think it's important that they said out loud what had them shook up. So, if you're standing on the edge of something new, if you're looking ahead to something unfamiliar, what is it that has you anxious today? What's threatening to keep you from stepping forward in faith? Is it a feeling of incompetence like I had at the back of the sanctuary? Are you really worried about messing up? Or do you have a fear of people not liking you, of people having a bad impression of you? Are you worried about losing a part of your identity or not sure who you're going to be in this new role, in this new place? Are you just anxious it's not going to be any fun? That this new thing is going to be drudgery or boring? Whenever we face a new situation, any of those things are possible, but more than likely our fear and our imagination pump those things up to be bigger and scarier than they actually are. And we forget to listen to the voice in God, of God that's inside of us that helps quiet those fears or shrink them. The voice of God that calls us to new places and promises to equip us. Remember, Joshua, he didn't get to the edge of that Jordan River all by himself. He was called there by God. He was brought by a whole community of people who raised him up in the wilderness, and then he was anointed by his mentor Moses to take on the work. Joshua was sent by God to lead the people so that the whole community could experience God's promises. He faced the unknown not just for himself, but for the benefit of others, for the good of everyone. All right, with the story of Joshua in our mind, imagining him standing there on the edge of the Jordan River, my question to you this morning is, what encouragement do you need to hear today from the Holy Spirit? In whatever way it is that you're approaching something new in your life, what is it, whether it's something big, something little, in whatever way you're standing on the edge of a river about to step into a new thing, what is it that God wants to tell you for encouragement and hope? For Joshua, the words were, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Maybe that's what you need to hear too. Be strong and courageous. Or maybe you need to hear, be patient and calm. Or be open and flexible or be persistent and kind. Maybe you need to hear, be joyous, be hopeful. What are the words that God wants to speak to you today to help you take that next step forward? My friends, God's promises are there waiting. May we have the strength to walk toward them in faith. Thanks be to God. Amen.